You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Hallelujah. Will you celebrate Jesus everywhere? Now it's important to know that even at home, the power of God will meet you where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. Celebrate Jesus everywhere. Glory! It's important to recognize that our lives keep being moved from glory to glory. And there's progress in your life. It doesn't matter where you're locked in. You are still being transformed. Even in your place of confinement. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus this morning. Thank you. Please be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is God good? Alright. Very important to know that. This morning... I am conscious of the fact that God has a word for you. Amen. And I know that there's something that happens that God conveys himself into us through his word. Amen. Did you hear me? God imparts himself into us through his word. The word of God carries the very life of God. The word of God carries all of God to you. That's why a man can be saved by hearing the word of God. It means that in the same way that a man can, be a, a, can extend himself through his seed is how God extends himself through his word. Amen. Did you get that? So this morning... Whether you are at home, wherever you are, put yourself together for service. Amen. And give the word attention. And you'll be amazed what will happen right in your home. And I pray that as many as are listening, that miracles will be breaking out where you are. In the name of Jesus Christ. That today, there will be a specific testimony in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. That God will put a testimony on your lips today in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your hand with me and say in the name of Jesus today through the word of God I receive life. Through the word of God I receive life. Say amen if you believe that. Glory to God. You begin to see how important your devices are. That in the same way death could come to you through your device, that life also can come to you through your device. Amen. Are we together? People have listened to statements that were made on social media and gone to kill themselves. Amen. Depression. That means death came through their phones, through their devices. But God has decided at this hour that life will come to you. Amen. We've been on a series and I'm going to talk along those lines. And I believe that as you are listening, 
God has not changed how he communicates. He talks. Amen. And he expects us to listen. And at the same time, he listens. And he expects us to talk. Amen. It means that God has not changed. The Bible told us right from Genesis. That God was, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. Talking about Adam and Eve. They heard. Amen. In this season, may we be people that hear God. May we live with the consciousness of the voice of God. God is not silent. He is always speaking. The challenge is that some people are not always listening. Glory to God. You know, as I'm talking now, someone might not be hearing what I'm saying because the person is not listening. It doesn't mean I'm not talking. And why is he not hearing? Maybe he's not around where I'm speaking. Or maybe he's not paying attention to what I'm saying. I want you to make a commitment that you will pay attention to what God is saying. Alright? You pay attention to what he's saying. You see that even when Satan came to tempt Eve, he, he, he was playing around with what she heard. He said, did God say? Maybe she wasn't paying attention. Glory to God. She didn't even interpret what God said properly. She said, we, we shouldn't even touch it. Amen. When he spoke to Adam, that's not what he said. He said, don't eat it. Glory to God. So she didn't even hear. And then he convinced her. And then she ate. Glory to God. And Father, we pray today that light will break into our hearts. We pray today that every hearer will be a doer of the word. We ask, Lord, as we live here, there will be transformations in our lives. For this hour, let light break out in the name of Jesus Christ. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Now, the scripture says that the entrance of his word giveth light. The entrance of the word is talking about the penetration of the word. It means that as the word is coming to you, it could be, it could have an obstacle and not penetrate. The word can come to you and not penetrate. And as long as the word does not penetrate, light will not come. So you can be around the word, but you didn't allow it to penetrate. So when the Bible says the entrance, it's talking about that the word has found its location. It penetrated the hearts. Then light comes. Understanding comes. The consciousness that you are supposed to have comes. In this month, we've been focused on Ephesians 4 verse 12. Hallelujah. And in Ephesians 4 12, we're reading the New King James Version. The New King James Version talking about equipping the saints. Talking about what the fivefold gifts are for. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. The focus here is what has to happen to the saints. Meaning that the, the edifying of the body is dependent on how equipped the saints are. Did you hear me? The church cannot be edified. Now you know when the Bible uses the term they are edified, it actually means the building up. The church cannot be built up beyond how the saints have been equipped. 
The quality of equipment of the saints, the quality will determine the extent of to which the church will be built. It means that when Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18 and 19, when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That building was talking about will happen by equipping the saints. Amen. Are we together? So, in other words, he said, I will build the church. That's the end, that's the end result. But for building of the church to happen, the saints have to be equipped. It means that you, you, being a saint is not where it stops. Sainthood happens at salvation. Amen. The moment you received Jesus, you became saints. Call your name. Amen. That's what you became. You became a saint. Sainthood came by salvation. But now that saint needs equipping. It means that the equipping comes after salvation. It doesn't come with salvation. It comes after salvation. It comes by subjecting yourself to what the word of God is telling us right now. He said, the equipping of the saints. It also means it's a process. Hallelujah. It's not an instantaneous thing. He didn't say, for the imparting of the saints. No, no, no. He said, the equipping of the saints. He's talking about it as a process. More than ever, the church of Jesus Christ needs equipped saints. Amen. Sometimes people don't understand that. They say, oh, why is this happening? Why is that happening? When saints that are not equipped handle responsibilities, you will see certain things will be lacking. It will look like, did God's word, why did God's word not come to pass? It didn't come to pass because some saints that was handling it was not equipped. Have you not read the scripture in 2 Timothy 2.15? It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. He then used the term, a workman. A workman that need not be ashamed. Now, what he's trying to say is that if you are equipped, you won't be embarrassed. Hallelujah. And you won't embarrass the kingdom. Amen. If you are equipped, you won't, you won't be embarrassed and you won't embarrass the kingdom. So, the equipping of the saints, you have a role to play in being equipped for God. You know, most of the time, people think that if God called the man, alright, that's all that matters. No. God calls you. You would have to subject yourself to the training that he needs to give you to fulfill the assignment for your life. If not, you will run out. And find out that you couldn't achieve it because you were not subjecting yourself to the training of the Spirit. So when we talk about equipping, we're talking about training. Amen. Alright? Another way of putting this is for the training or the raising up of the saints. <laughs> for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So, there are gaps here. The church cannot be built up if nobody does the work of the ministry. And nobody can do the work of the ministry if they are not equipped. Amen. It means the work of the ministry requires some kind of skill. Amen. I, I put it another way. When I say work of ministry, you think of pastor, prophet. You know. Serving God requires skill. No, I'm not talking about some skill you got from a university. It's talking about skill from the word of God. Hallelujah. Do you know that the ability to lay hands on the sick and get them to recover is a skill? Amen. 
Are we together? The ability to interpret scripture correctly is a skill. So, if you don't allow yourself to be equipped, you will not be able to do your work or serve the Lord as you should. There are many, you know, um, someone was talking about employment. And he said, he said um, um, we have what they call um, uh, unemployment. There's unemployment. Unemployment means the unemployment rates. Unemployment rates, that means those that are not employed. Then he said, there's underemployment. Amen. Different from unemployment. Unemployment means that you have many people that have certain qualifications, but they are underemployed. Are we together? They are underemployed. Have you seen someone with a master's degree? Amen. Alright? In human resources. Then he's a receptionist. Are we together? That's underemployment. He, 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 he can do more than that. He was trained for more than that. Glory to God. Am I communicating? So, but there are a lot of believers that are serving below capacity. Hallelujah. Because they've not been equipped. By reason of how long they've been saved, God is supposed to be able to entrust certain things to them. But it cannot be entrusted to them because they've not been equipped to handle it. So we started the series and I established something. Number one, I said you first have to be equipped with the knowledge of your identity. Remember that? That's you need to know who you are. We dealt with that. We have a message on that. You could get it. Then we went further to start talking about that after that you need to be equipped with the knowledge of your authority. And that's where we are. The knowledge of your authority. And today I want to talk about that. And where I want to get to is to show you grounds on which you can exercise or enforce that authority. Amen. Alright? If you don't know your authority, listen, why is authority important in your equipping? Let me tell you why. Because as you apply yourself to be equipped, Satan will come to distract you. Amen. Circumstances of life will try to distract you. There will be excuses that will always arise that will not allow you to finish school in the spirit. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Amen. There will be always issues that will arise. I don't know if you, some of you know fellows that were in the university and they were doing a four-year program or a five-year program and then they dropped out in the second year or third year. Some of them not because they were not intelligent, not because they had issues um, understanding the course, but they had so many distractions. So maybe they had other responsibilities. You know, we've heard of cases of young ladies that had maybe children that they had to take care of for a child out of wedlock. And then now they're in school and they have to take care of a child. And then they just decide that I can't do both. So they sacrifice their education to raise their child. Are you seeing that? So there are many people that what I just stated now is happening to them in the spirit. Amen. That the training that God has put them through they are not able to complete it because there are distractions. And I'm saying that those distractions, it is authority that you are able to use to silence those distractions. Every other person that finished their training also had the same distractions. Amen. Are you listening to me? So when we start talking about authority, understand that authority has a role to play in you fulfilling destiny. 
A child of God that doesn't understand his authority will not fulfill destiny. I remember a great man of God, one of the people that pioneered the message of faith in Nigeria. You know, um, he used to um, be involved in um, bringing in the books of people like Kenneth E. Hagen and Kenneth Copeland to Nigeria in the 70s. You know, so we had hosted him here for one of our uh, ministers' conferences some years ago. And I'm talking about Reverend Emiko Amoshuka. So he said something, you know, we interviewed him. So he said something. He said that what got his attention in the 70s about the men like Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Copeland, what got his attention was the seeming control they had over their life and destiny. They were not talking like the Christians you knew that didn't, were not sure about life. Well, 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 who am I? What can we do? What can we say? What do we know? What will happen tomorrow? We know, no, one, no man knows tomorrow. You know that kind of talk. He said, these guys were not talking like that. They were talking like folks that knew what tomorrow will be. He said, that was what got his attention. What will make these people have such audacity? So he started listening to them. Amen. Listen to me. You can't full, fulfill destiny without that sense of authority. Amen. Without knowledge of your authority in Christ Jesus. And so we have a lot of believers that are in that circle where they are, they are just moving along. They wake up, they take the day the way it comes. Listen, you don't have to take the, way, the day the way it comes. You can decide how it should go. And I'm saying to you that you can decide how the next part of the year will go for you in the name of Jesus Christ. So, we are talking about authority. Everybody say authority. Say it again, authority. Now, there are scriptures that I have mentioned to you, but I'm going to start from John chapter 1 verse 12. Amen. And I'm going to read the amplified version of John 1 12. I just want to establish something here. John chapter 1 verse 12. Amplified. It said, but as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, rights to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Did you see that? As many as did receive and welcome him, he gave what? The authority. The, um, um, I think New King James Version says, he gave the rights to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. The rights. Listen, there is an authority that comes with sonship. Amen. Say it. Say there's an authority that comes with sonship. Are you a son of God? You know, some of you don't understand that there is a big difference between servants of God and sons of God. In the New Testament, even those of us that are serving are serving sons. Amen. You get that? We are first of all sons. Glory to God. Our sonship is more important than even our service. Amen. Our service is accepted because of our sonship. Am I communicating? So, your sonship, the biggest thing 
about the New Testament is your sonship. Amen. That you are now a son of God. Have you not read scriptures in 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2? He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed on us that we should be called, hallelujah, the sons of God. Hallelujah. That means that to be called a son of God is a big deal. Let me tell someone, say, to be called a son of God is a big deal. Now, some of you are listening to this message and you are alone. Just be repeating it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You see, that's why you should be in church. And that's why we should be in faith that this should be over. Amen. Alright, so, it, it talks about, the, it says, what manner of love. That means there's nothing more that God has to offer than sonship. Sonship is God's best offer. Amen. Are we together? But now, my, my message is not on sonship. I just want to explain something to you. So the scripture we read in John 1.12 said that as many as received him, to them he gave the rights to become sons of God. That means the, the, the sonship comes with an authority. Hallelujah. And I want to know if you as a believer, you're exercising your rights of sonship. Hallelujah. Authority. Authority. This authority is talking about delegated influence. This authority is talking about some kind of commanding influence. Amen. This authority is talking about, is talking about, um, 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 you know, I'm trying not to use the word power, alright? Because when we talk about power, now we're talking about ability. Now, but it's talking about the, 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 the rights to make demands and see them obeyed. Amen. That's authority. That's authority. And authority has to be given. There, everyone that is using authority got it from somewhere. The governor of the state has authority from the people. Democracy is people power. Am I communicating? So the people said, this is the one we want to lead us. And based on that now, he's exercising his authority. And his authority is over a sphere. The authority of this governor does not cross beyond the states. Then there is someone that has authority over the country. But the authority Jesus gave to you. Amen. Let's read it. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Amen. I look at verse 18 of Matthew 28. Um, New King James Version. Matthew 28, 18. NKJV. NKJV. Alright. Let's read together. One to go. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Hello? Did you see that? Did he say some authority? All. What does all mean? Everything, right? All means what? Everything. All authority has been given unto me in heaven 
and in earth. That means that on the earth, there is no higher authority. He has all of it. It is that authority that he made available to his sons. Amen. Now, you know, some of the time, we don't understand what Jesus is saying, you know, because of how we live today. But I want to show you something. When Jesus was saying this, he had resurrected. Amen. Are we together? Jesus was saying this, making this statement after resurrection. After resurrection. So he wasn't making this statement before resurrection. It was after resurrection. Let me show you something to make you understand the kind of authority Jesus was already exercising before resurrection. Luke chapter 4 verse 36. Luke 4 36. In Luke 4 36, this was in the early days of his ministry. Jesus had commanded his spirit to come out. Look at what they said. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power. He commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. What I'm trying to show you is that before Jesus resurrected, he was commanding unclean spirits to come out with authority. At that time, all authority had not been given to him. Amen. Are we together? That means casting out devils is the smallest thing. Amen. At that time, all authority had not been given to him. Then... After resurrection, he now said, all authority has been given to me. Can you imagine what the authority is like? Amen. If the one before he got all authority was already casting out devils. Am I communicating? I wouldn't want to go into the details of how he got all authority. And what he meant by all authority has been given to me. Okay. But you know the summary of it was that. God gave the authority to Adam. Hello. Adam gave it to Satan. Hello. And Jesus took it back. Hallelujah. And gave it to who? And gave it to who? To you. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Are we together? Let's start again. I said, God gave it to Adam. Amen. And Adam lost it to Satan. And that's why Satan became the God of this world. And then Jesus came and made a public spectacle of Satan. Colossians 2.15 And then he took authority from him and gave it to who? To the church. Glory to God. He gave it to the church. He gave it to the church. So what he means by all authority? He didn't leave any authority for Satan. Hallelujah. Are we together? He didn't have, there's no rights he gave to Satan. You know, in Nigeria, for example, and in many other countries, authority is shared. And in any other country, for example, they have the army, and then they have the navy, then they have the air force. They share their sphere of authority. Then they say, oh, the guys, the air force, you are in charge of the airspace in this country. Are you understanding me? 
you have the final say in that area. Then they say, oh, the, the Navy, you are in charge of the seas. What they are trying to say is that you are the God of the seas. Amen. Are we together? And then you are the God of the air. That means that the army or the navy has some authority. But they don't have all authority. Amen. Jesus didn't give some authority to Satan. Amen. He didn't say the, the, the sea is your own. Then the land belongs to the church. No. He gave all authority to me. Amen. Everybody say all authority. Say it again. All authority. He gave all authority. He didn't give some of it. It's not shared. All of that authority is vested in the name of Jesus Christ. Never forget that. Never forget that. Now, but let me say this to you. Having authority and being able to enforce it are two different things. Glory to God. Let's use an example. You see a young fellow. I've had people that we've sponsored to go to police, police college, you know, um, um, and then they went to become police officers, and then they returned after them. And I knew them before they became police officers, you understand that? So I knew the person, you know, and then I said, oh, then after some time, maybe he left for a year or six months, or as the case may be, then he comes back, he's on uniform, and now he's a police officer. Are you understanding me? You know, I don't know how it feels for you, but the transformation is very amazing. We had people that got, went for training and came back, and then they are military officers now, all right? But he was a civilian before that time. Now, let's assume someone was just commissioned as a police officer. Whatever training they gave to him, the months or six months or few months before he became an officer, he walked on the same streets. He didn't have the right to stop somebody and say, show me your, part, your, your, your vehicle papers. He didn't have the right to do that. Then he goes for training. And comes back. Then they give him a uniform. Alright? Now, he can stop somebody and say, give me your vehicle papers. And the person must obey. What changed? Amen. Are we together? He's the same person. What changed? He has been given authority. Am I communicating? Now, the day they gave him uniform, he became a, a police officer. He has authority. But beyond giving him the uniform... You can ask anybody that joined the police. The first period they were assigned to a responsibility, they had to sum up courage to do their job. Amen. Am I communicating? They had to sum up courage to do their job. To know that if I stand on the road and do my hand like this, somebody's going to stop his car. <laughs> They're not going to say, is something wrong with you? They're going to stop their car. It's, 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 it's power. Are you understanding me? So, but beyond the uniform, there is something he has to have. Okay. He has to believe that he is a police officer. Amen. Hi. You know, let me say this. A lot of Christians are not exercising their authority because they don't have the consciousness of righteousness. Amen. Are we together? You know, when we teach on righteousness... You know, most of the time, the very common definition you have about righteousness is that it's an ability to stand in the presence of God without fear or inferiority complex. But I define it this way. 
I say that righteousness is the ability to stand before God. It's the ability to approach God. That's the first thing. It's the ability to approach God. It means that you, righteousness gives you the right to approach God. Anytime. But that's not where it stops. On the flip side, righteousness also gives you the right to confront Satan. Amen. And circumstances. That righteousness that makes you confident to approach God, that same righteousness gives you the confidence to say no to Satan. I don't know if some of you grew up with siblings. I also had cousins. Maybe they were older than us. And I got to learn that later. But you know how I, I, we had a grand auntie that used to have a lot of beautiful things and then she would buy pencils for us and then she would buy erasers. Fantastic ones. The ones that your classmates don't have in class. You understand that? And then they'll bring the pack and keep and then they'll say, share it for everybody. Then you have your own. Then one of the, maybe a cousin or someone that lives in the house with us will now come and say, uh, uh, give me your own. Say, no, I won't give you. Then you, they will not remind you. I will tell daddy for the other thing you did the other day. You just give the pencil. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There are many children in that kind of bondage. Amen. Where somebody is always having something they have not reported. You know. You know. <laughs> they even go further and start doing it to exchange for meals. You understand that? Say, give me your chicken. If not. Then you're wondering why the child is so nice. Giving the bigger cousin the chicken every time. is under condemnation. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. What he doesn't understand is that if, <laughs> if he even owns up, the matter would have been over since. Glory to God. There are lots of believers like that that have been given their chicken. Amen. Say you too. When, when believers are opening their mouth, you too. Say take my chicken. <laughs> take my food. <laughs> Amen. And Satan doesn't care. All he's concerned about is that you stay in that state where he can constantly control your life. Amen. Listen. The foundation to exercise or enforce authority is righteousness. Amen. Righteousness. Right standing. Right standing. The consciousness that you are right with God. That's why the teaching of righteousness is not a side teaching. No, 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 no. Every Christian must understand it. Now, I, I, I've stayed a little longer on this, you know, because where I was actually going to. But let me just establish something. If you have struggles with righteousness, you would have struggles enforcing your authority. Do you know why some Christians cannot see someone that is demonized and say, you spirit, I command you to leave him now? It's because they are not sure are you understanding what I'm saying? They are not sure. So if so, you see some believers that will hear that someone has a demonic issue and they will say, um, let's call somebody. No, 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 no. You are not supposed to call anybody. Casting out devils 
Are you understanding me? Casting out devils is for every Christian. Amen. It's not for the pastor. It's not for deliverance ministers. It's for every Christian. You see, once someone is a police officer, if he's walking on the road and he sees crime, He's not supposed to go and report to the commission of police. Uh, hey, they're stealing. He's not supposed to go and report. He's, are you understanding? He's not supposed to go and report. No. As long as it is in his jurisdiction. If he sees crime, he should arrest it immediately. Am I communicating? He arrests the crime immediately. In the same way, so you're going about your business, you're in your house, the d- demons show up, or a devil shows up, you don't have to report it to God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't hear me well. You know, you know, oh God, the demons have come again. No! He has given you authority to handle that demon. Amen. So many Christians are reporting the devil to God. God wants you to handle the devil. Amen. I know some of you now, you're hearing this. I said, God wants you to handle the devil. To tell him, stop! Go! Don't come back here again. And he will obey you. Glory to God. That's authority. That's authority. And I'm saying that the grounds, the, the, the basis on which you are able to confidently enforce authority is understanding your righteousness. Your right standing. The police officer that is about to be, I don't know if they use the term court martial for police also. I know they use it in military. But let's assume that the police officer had a problem and then they are investigating him in the office. And they, and they, in short, they are thinking of derobing him of his police duties and making sure that he's no more police officer. Do you know that he cannot arrest somebody on the road again? Amen. So, if he, if he, let's assume that he stops someone on the way and then say, um, let me see your vehicle. The guy say, I, I thought you are no more a policeman. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> So as long as he's not in right standing with the government, he cannot enforce his authority as a policeman. Am I communicating? But if he's sure, he's sure, he's very sure. Say, no, 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 I'm a policeman. I'm, in, I'm assigned to this station. Look at my ID card. Are you understanding me? So he knows his rights. Now Christians must understand their rights. Amen. Whereas Old Testament, New Testament, anybody that exercised authority had a sense of righteousness what they call righteousness consciousness it means that same consciousness can make you not exercise or enforce your authority so you are seeing conscious you say i've not prayed very well authority is not about whether you have prayed very well amen am i communicating Imagine a policeman now, because yeah, uh, uh, he, he's supposed to stop a vehicle. Say, no, I've not, I've not, I didn't do my morning exercises today. So, no, no, it has nothing to do with that. All the people police officers are arresting, it doesn't mean they're stronger than them. Amen. He said, my friend, follow me. The person is talking to is two times his size. I say, follow me. And the man is following him. He's exercising authority. It is when that authority is resisted 
then he will switch to power. Are you understand what I'm saying? Am I communicating? If you say, follow me. You don't want to follow me? If you don't follow me, we are going to drag you. Then the guy starts following him. Because he represents a government. Listen to me. God wants us to exercise governing influence. Amen. Where we are. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? That's authority. Exercise governing influence. Let's go somewhere now. Now, I was trying to say something. Let's just stay with this right standing. Even in the Old Testament, they have characters that exercise authority. At least we remember Elijah. Amen. That exercised authority over the weather. Glory to God. Say it will not rain. And it did not rain for three years and six months. It didn't rain. And then when it was after the time, he said, now it can rain. What, what, what do you call that? Amen. That's authority. But there's something Elijah understood. It's a statement he made that stands out for me. In 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Amen. I originally didn't intend to talk about this, but let me just help someone. The statement he made, and to prove to you that it was a conscious statement, he made it again later. The statement says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, what? Before whom I stand. Did you see that language? Before whom I stand. He's not saying, I stood before him yesterday. No, I'm standing before whom I stand. There shall not be dew, nor rain these years, but according to my word. That statement he made was not just talking. He was talking like he had the rights to say what he was saying. Am I communicating? Now, just to prove to you, you know, most of the time, just to prove to you that it was not just a one-time statement. Let's look at it again. 1 Kings 18.15. Amen. He made the statement again. The same Elijah made the statement again in 1 Kings 18.15. Meaning that he functioned with that consciousness. He functioned with that consciousness. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. That means that he's talking about his standing with God. Amen. That means Elijah accomplished what he accomplished with what, by what? His standing with God. That's why in James chapter 5, when the Bible said talking about Elijah, and he told us that Elijah was a man of like passion, then he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. And what he's trying to explain to us that the essence of Elijah's authority was connected to his right standing. Amen. And that in the New Testament, when you also understand your right standing, you will make tremendous power also available. Amen. So Elijah said, the Lord God before whom I stand. To prove to you that it was a core, core thing, a core belief, a core value for the prophets. He passed it to his protege in the person of Elisha. So Elisha made the same statement. 2 Kings 3.14. In 2 Kings 3.14, we saw Elisha make the same statement. Go there. 2 Kings 3.14 It's consistent throughout the scriptures. 
The Lord God before whom I stand. Should I read it from my scripture? And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I will not look toward thee nor see thee. So you see Elisha making the same statement. He learned it from Elijah. So he too was saying, Before whom I stand. I want us to know that in this season, we'll talk like that in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord God before whom I stand. It's a declaration of your righteousness. Elisha also didn't say it once. Second Kings, the same Second Kings, 5 verse 16. In five, chapter 5 verse 16, you see again the same statement. Now, I've shown you four times. <laughs> the three, I'm going to show you the fourth one. Let's read together. I want to go. But he said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So, are you getting the picture here? So I'm saying to you that righteousness, right standing. And in the New Testament, righteousness is a gift. Amen. It's not a reward. It's a gift for by one man's offense, death reigned. For you by one man's offense, much more they which receive of the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign. Reign. How do you reign? You exercise your authority. Amen. It means that there is a connection between authority and righteousness. So when we tell you, you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What you don't understand that as you keep saying it and you're living in that consciousness, it's easy for you to exercise your authority. Authority over your body. Authority over your space. Authority over your life. Authority over your environment. Authority over your children. Authority over your family. Amen. Exercise authority. You begin to make some kind of statements that people cannot understand. No, that will not happen here. So why is he talking like that? He's exercising authority. He knows his place in God. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to end with this. I want to show you four grounds on which you can enforce your authority. Four grounds. I will say four grounds. Say again, four grounds. Amen. Alright? Four grounds on which you can exercise your authority. Now, the first ground on which you can exercise your authority is enforcing your authority by the word of God. I will say by the word of God. That means you can enforce your authority by the word of God. Authority is enforced by the word of God. When Satan came to Jesus, Luke chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 8, and then I'll read 12 to 13. Amen. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted by Satan, and it was a temptation, a temptation, they were not acting drama. Jesus and Satan were not acting drama. They didn't say, let us do as if you are tempting me. No, 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 no. He was tempted. Amen. Meaning that Satan thought of the fact that it would be possible for Jesus to do wrong. Amen. So he came to tempt him. Now, and Jesus answered. Now, remember that Jesus responded to him the way you are supposed to respond to him. Jesus answered, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Meaning that the grounds on which he was enforcing his authority was based on the word. He was quoting what was written. Am I communicating? You want to exercise authority? Know the word of God. Hallelujah. So you can say, it is written. Satan, it is written. So he's trying to afflict your body. You tell him what is written concerning your body. Amen. You tell him what is written concerning your body. He's trying to afflict your finances. You tell him what is written concerning the finances. 
So, the first ground on which we exercise our authority is by the word of God. The written word of God. Jesus said, it is written. And he told him, get behind me, Satan. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Verse 12 and 13. Let's look at it. Again, of course, Satan tempted him again. Another temptation. And then we saw how he responded to that one. He said, And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said. Amen. Not, all these things are scriptures Jesus is quoting. Glory to God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, what did he do? He departed from him for a season. Now, in all of this, Jesus never said, in the name of Jesus. No, he didn't exercise authority by his name. He didn't exercise authority anywhere. He exercised authority by his word. Amen. Are we together? By his word. He spoke his word. So, I want you to know that you can exercise authority by the written word of God. So, if death comes to take you before the time, you say, no, no, no. The scripture says, with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Death, lose your grip on me now. Are you, do- you know what you are doing? You are enforcing authority. Listen to me. If you don't enforce your authority, Satan will take advantage of you. If you don't enforce your authority, you will not fulfill God's assignment for you. Some people think that if God wants something to happen for you, it will just happen. No, 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 no. There is a devil that doesn't want it to happen. So, you enforcing your authority will make the will of God come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. Say, I understand now. I will enforce my authority by the word of God. Say again, I will enforce my authority by the word of God. Did you decide to do that today? The second way or ground on which we enforce our authority is through the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We enforce authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We enforce authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the scripture together. I'm going to read from verse, my focus is Acts 16 verse 18, but I just want to read, give some background to it. Let's look at from verse 16, then we'll stop at 18. From 16, Acts 16, from verse 16. My focus is verse 18. Enforcing your authority in the name of Jesus. The second ground on which you can enforce authority apart from the word of God is through the name of Jesus. I'm out of time, so I'm just rushing this. It says there, and it came to pass as he went, as we went to prayer, Paul and his companions, a certain damsel. There are many damsels like that. Amen. Possessed with a spirit of divination. Glory to God. Possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. Which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Oh, see, all this is really start today. It was there in the Bible, verse 17. The same followed Paul and us, crying, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. What she was saying didn't look like it was wrong. But that's the talk for another day. Verse 18. And this did she many days. She didn't do it once. Many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirits, I command thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And what happened? 
and he came out the same hour. Hallelujah. How did he exercise authority? By the name of Jesus. Amen. By the name of Jesus. Listen to me. You can enforce authority in the name of Jesus Christ. The second ground on which we enforce authority is through what? The name of Jesus. The first one is what? By the word of God. Hallelujah. So through the name of Jesus. He said in the name of Jesus. Some of you only call it. The name of Jesus for you is an exclamation. Jesus. When you are shocked, you say Jesus. Jesus doesn't come out of your mouth consciously when you want to handle matters. I want you to lift your hand with me and say, in the name of Jesus. I speak over this season to be productive to me. I speak over this season to be advantageous to me. In the name of Jesus. That's exercising authority. Glory to God. The third way we exercise authority, the third ground on which we can exercise authority, is by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'll just jump to Revelation 12, 11 and just pick that scripture there. You know, in Revelation 12, 11, it tells us something that happened with a group of folks. You know, it says, and they overcame him, amen, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. This group of, this group of people or these personalities, the way they overcame, and who did they overcome? The dragon, amen. The way they overcame him was by the blood of the Lamb. It means that there's something about that sacrifice that can shield you, amen, from harm. That's why God gave us the ritual called communion, amen. Through communion, you can enforce authority in a place, especially the blood of the communion. The body of the communion is about healing and wholeness, but the blood, the blood, is another one. Amen. So today when we take the communion, whatever you take the communion, remember that you are enforcing authority through the communion. I've shared the story several times. How I was in the United States of America, Norfolk, Virginia, some years ago, maybe five or six years back. And that was my first time in that particular city in America. And so they took me to this hotel. And I was in the hotel room. They, they set the place up, blah, blah, blah. And they left. And we had been hinted by someone downstairs, one white lady, she said that, they said the hotel is haunted. You know those movies, they act that the hotel is haunted. We didn't take it seriously, we just laughed over it. Because the lift was, the elevator was acting funny. You know, and some people get hooked inside of it and they'll be scared. They said they saw things there and all that and all that and all that. So we just laughed about it. She was advising us to use the staircase instead of using the, the elevator. So I was in my room and everybody had gone. Suddenly, I started hearing strange noises. I didn't take it seriously. You know. But when it became obvious that it was them. Amen. Amen. In pidgin English we say, not them. When it became obvious that it was them. I'm not one of those that um, think that there are no demonic spirits in Europe and North America. I know because I've seen them. They have casted out devils from there. So, I saw that they were there. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to pray about this. 
I'm not going to pray about this at all. Satan wants me to now start focusing on him rather than what I came for. You know, there are some of you who are not even living your life. You are not different from a juju priest. Because if someone hears your voice from outside of your room, every time I say, every spirit, every time spirit, every time demon, Satan, devil, they don't hear, they don't hear any other thing. They don't hear you just worshipping God and say, Lord, I worship you. You don't even have time to worship God. Satan has not allowed you to worship God. Because in the night, he opened your window. In the morning, your slippers you kept in the living room. He brought it and kept it on the bed. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> so, every day there is a drama that you are attending to your house. And you don't even have time to serve God. There are some people that come to church. They are not serving God. They are just looking for how to escape from Satan. They are under harassment. From today you will start living. I said you will start living. In the name of Jesus Christ. So you don't become the toy that Satan plays with. I call it playing with you because... Anytime his idol just comes there, just plays with you. <laughs> Say, look at what he's going to do now. <laughs> you start shouting. <laughs> fire, fire, fire. You fire, shout fire 20 times. After that, shout water, water, water 20 times. <laughs> he said, okay. Make him to shout, shout, <laughs> shout. Make him to shout another thing. Salt, salt. You will shout different things. Back to what I was saying. So, as I saw... I've said it several times, but for the benefit of those that are hearing for the first time, the wardrobe door was opening on its own. And I'll go and close it. And then, after a while, when I'm seated, there was no vibration. It will open. And then it will make the sound, open like that. And then there are like voices, like people are talking in the wardrobe. But nobody was there. You know, Satan likes making you look like your head is not correct. So, of course, it didn't take me long to recognize it was Satan. I just looked around the room, looked for something that looked like bread in the pack that he dropped for me, looked for a drink there, and I sat down and I broke bread. And everything became silent. That's enforcing authority. My prayer is that everyone here will recognize that in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's the third way we enforce authority. We enforce authority by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Number four, and the last one I'm giving to you now, is to enforce authority by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 13, verse 9 to 11. Acts 13, 9 to 11. Enforcing authority by the power of the Spirit. Now, there's a story of a man that was obstructing the gospel when Paul was trying to preach to someone. And he was obstructing the gospel. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't quote any scripture. Amen. He didn't quote scripture. He didn't say in the name of Jesus. It is not by blood. This is by the power of the spirits. I gave you an illustration. I said, if a policeman says, follow me, and you don't use your normal, you know, to follow him. He said, follow me. He said, don't follow me. He has to apply force. Is that not so? Now, 
in exercise of authority, sometimes we apply force. Amen. The force of the Spirit. Glory to God. We're force of the Spirit. Alright? That's how sometimes you see where a minister, we're ministering to someone. And then, should I say that? Okay. You know, it's, there are times where to help someone, we have to apply the force of the Spirit. The force of the Spirit. There are cases where you are addressing demonic issues. I'm not talking about someone that, you know, I'm talking about real demonic issues. I'm talking about possession. And then, in those cases, sometimes you say, you spirit, come out. And there is a struggle for the demon to release the person it had held bound for long. And then, you have to generate power. Are you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people pray in tongues and they say, now, come out. And then the person starts spinning. At that time, force has been applied. Am I communicating? Force has been applied. So here, go back to Acts 19, um, 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 13, verse 9. Glory to God. Then Saul also, put it up, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Verse 10. And said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Imagine me tell somebody in service like that. You enemy of all righteousness. Will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Verse 11. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him, what? A mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. He got blind immediately. I can do it too. Amen. I can use you and try it. I have powers to do the same thing. He, it, what he did was enforce his authority by the power of the Spirit. He pronounced blindness on him immediately. And the man was blind. He didn't say in the name of Jesus. He's not by blood. He didn't quote a scripture. Amen. He was enforcing authority by the power of the Spirit. Glory to God. Lift your hands say, in the name of Jesus. I have received understanding. Now, do you know why I'm showing you the four grounds on which you can exercise enforce authority? Because at any point, anywhere it comes from, you can enforce authority. So when you go back today, enforce authority by the word of God. Enforce authority in the name of Jesus. Enforce authority by the blood of Jesus. Enforce authority by the power of the spirits. There are occasions that have come up that we have to enforce authority by the power of the Spirit. And then everything obeys. Glory to God. Everything obeys. I shared a story, I'll end with this, about how we had a document sent to us in the UK, or from the UK. Our ministry registered in the UK. And... Um, they had sent letters previously, and maybe nobody responded to the letters. I was in Nigeria here. And then there was a court summon to us. A letter came. Oh, we're not happy about it. Because somebody that's paid to do the job didn't do his job. At that point, to enforce authority, it had to be 
to ensure that everything has to return to normal. When Jesus said, peace be still, and spoke to the winds and the seas, how was he enforcing authority? It was by the power of the Spirit. Amen. He didn't quote scripture. He didn't say in the word of God. He said that the son of man shall not die. Is it what he, is it what he said? No. He didn't even say in the name of Jesus. He is not by blood. He has not said his blood at that time. So he enforced authority over the winds and the seas. How? By the power of the spirits. Peace be still. The wind that was backing started meowing like a cat. Meow. And went back. Amen. Am I communicating? So in the same way when it happened and people were worried, I received phone calls, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was built to travel. A few days before I traveled, I knelt down. I told my wife, don't worry, hold it. I said, I will swallow this storm. I stayed in that place of prayer until I was convinced it, was, it had dissolved the matter. And I said, it's settled. I didn't say it was settled because somebody told me it was settled. I have settled it. That's by the power of the Spirit. A few days later, I had to fly to London. As I was arriving... We were walking even from the airport to, um, through the train to the city. We were walking. Make this phone call because I arrived in the morning. Make this phone call. Do this one. That one. Do one. Then we started calling the office to find out what, okay, so what are we supposed to do? Because if they caught someone, then we have to go to court. The person in the office said, there is no letter. Till today. Amen. I said, till today. It's about over six years now. Till today. I am with the letter. They cannot find it on their system. They said there is no letter. How do you explain that? And I'm announcing to you in the name of Jesus. That such testimonies will break out in your midst. As you live here today, go and enforce authority. Stop accepting nonsense around you. Amen. Stop accepting anything that comes your way. No. You will say no. I say you will say no. I say you will say no. Let me explain something to you. There are some of you that are accepting that, okay, because of the lockdown, it means that, you know, you, some, you might not have food in your house. You know, because of the lockdown, things might be hard. Say no to it. Say no. If a, <laughs> if a raven, amen, has to fly bugger, into your room. It must happen. Amen. Are we together? May you have miraculous supplies. But how to happen is by you enforcing your authority. Say no. Your house cannot be a base for scarcity. Scarcity is looking for where to stay. Not in my house. Amen. Are you listening to me? Not in my house. Lack is looking for accommodation right now. Are you going to accommodate it? Not in my house. Say, lack, not here. So I'm exercising authority. Glory to God. Whether it's from the word of God, whether it's by blood, whether it's by the name of Jesus, you're going to exercise authority and tell lack to leave your house. There are some of you, since this corona started, sickness is turn by turn at home. Junior is sick. John is waiting for his own. Now John is sick. Daddy is waiting for his own. Now, daddy is sick. 
Mom is waiting for her own. Then he goes around again. Are you understanding me? You have been on constant malaria tablets. In short, you just bought them to keep. You know, this one will finish and then the other one will take over. Like that. You can say no. Amen. You can say no. You can say no. Not anymore. I exercise authority over this house. And many more things that could be happening. Satan always comes up with something. But when you know your authority, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There are some things that Jesus met on the way. He didn't know he was going to meet it. But when it came, he exercised authority. He even exercised authority over a tree. No man. What did the tree do to him? Amen. <laughs> what did the tree do to him? He exercised authority over the tree. No man eat fruit of thee henceforth. And kept going his way. There are some times where you just need to exercise your authority to remind Satan that you are still around. Amen. Are you understanding me? Just to remind him that you are around. Just when you get home today, just uh, there's a hospital near your house. You might not have gone to the hospital. You can say, in the name of Jesus, anybody in that hospital that is in faith to give birth, I release them to give birth now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's just to remind Satan that somebody, a territorial spirit, amen, is around here. Amen. Amen. You can speak over your streets and say, every cloud of darkness over my street, I command it to be dispelled. Just exercise your authority. Look for opportunities to exercise your authority. Amen. Alright? So today, let some demon feel your authority. Let some circumstance feel your authority. Let some situation feel your authority. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's rise to our feet and begin to thank God for today. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everywhere, just celebrate Jesus. Begin to thank you for the authority you have through the word. For the authority you have in the name of Jesus. For the authority you have by the blood of Jesus. For the authority you have by the power of the Spirit. Begin to thank Him everywhere. Thank Him everywhere. In the name of Jesus. Now let's exercise authority over this week. That this week will be a week that will be easier than every other week we have had in this pandemic. Amen. Now I want you in the name of Jesus to begin to speak over the week and exercise authority over the week that it will be easier than every other week. Open your mouth and begin to declare it will be easier than every other week. Every other week. Let this week for me and my family be easier than every other week. 
Let it be easier than last week. Let it be easier. I speak ease into this week. In the name of Jesus Christ. As we are using that name Jesus, we are enforcing authority over the week. From Sunday to day to Saturday. It will be easier. It will be freer. It will be easier. La patoka. Reketonde. Reketia. Rabakata. Le mende Oh, we give you glory. Oh, we give you glory. In the name of Jesus. And I agree with you. That this week will be the easiest week in this pandemic. I speak ease into this week. It will be easy for you financially. It will be easy for you emotionally. In the name of Jesus. I speak comfort on every side. Comfort on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every tightness is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. And let people shout aloud, Amen. Can you celebrate Jesus everywhere? Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Around the world, by the power of the Lord.